Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and guests. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 170. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Nate Dunn. Welcome along, Mr. Dunn. Always nice to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm sitting a little bit alone on the couch today. No one else with me, so. Yeah, just the two of us. We did invite Telecom, who are soon to be Spark, uh, following their rebrand. We did invite them to be on the show to talk about their new TV service. Which was also on, I remember seeing you and Patty from QuickFlix on TV on Saturday, I think it was, on TV3. Yeah, Saturday. So, um... Yeah, there's been there's been some interesting bits and pieces around uh, around that. So maybe we'll, we'll start out with a, with a, a quick chat about that. Obviously, you caught the caught the rebrand uh, details. It sort of I wondered, came, came out last week. I wonder with the re and I suppose it is it's not exactly the same. But when Telecom did the the change from their sort of square base logo to the the squiggly thing, um, it was all very much kept under wraps. And I remember they did a big projection on the ferry boat building down in Auckland. And it was, then they unveiled it and it was a big hoo-ha and da-da-da. So I was quite surprised when they said, oh, look, we're going to change to Spark. Um, and we're telling you now and it's going to cost us $20 million and we're going to finish it off later in the year. So I thought it was a little bit strange that it was all very hush-hush, the first one. But this one was very out in the open. So I, I don't know what their thinking was behind it. Maybe it's the change of uh, of leadership at the top's driven that. I'm not sure. Well, it's also tied in with when they're, they're doing their you know financial reporting. So this is one mm-hmm. of the one of the things that they're uh, they're saying where money's going to go because it's quite a big chunk. Fair enough. So their their new uh, their new TV service, uh, Show Me TV, is going to be launching, and it will be a competitor to the likes of uh, of QuickFlix. And uh, in in fact, they've they've referenced it as being uh, as being similar to uh, to Netflix. Uh, we really have to wait and see. There's so much that we don't know. I mean, at this stage, we we look at QuickFlix. That has a lot of the Netflix-type things in terms of the apps being available across a huge number of devices. Telecom isn't indicating that at this stage. They're talking about accessibility from a from a fairly limited number of uh, of devices or, or you know types of devices uh, initially. They have said they've got twenty million dollars to spend. It's quite a bit of coin, isn't it? Just a little bit. Uh, so they're talking um, that fifteen million of that will go into content. So if we're talking about that being spent in the, you know, in the current financial uh, in the current financial year, uh, I would think fifteen million will buy them uh, will buy them some pretty nice content, uh, especially considering we're just talking the New Zealand market, whereas you know QuickFlix, for instance, are across both uh, yeah both countries. And in fact, the, que- the one of the questions that I had for them, which I didn't didn't get a, uh, a, a particularly well, I didn't really get a useful answer, if any answer at all, actually back on, was why they didn't actually just acquire uh, QuickFlix that have you know got a lot of expertise in the space that they've built up over the over the last two or three years in the market. And if you look at their market cap, uh, is under I think it's under seven million uh, Australian. So you would have thought that they could uh, they could potentially acquire uh, QuickFlix sort of um, the whole lot for uh, yeah ten or fifteen million. Yeah, I think too the my sort of um, <clears throat> the thing I sort of got from QuickFlix is the fact that they do want to push out a whole lot of content, but there is a lot of stuff that's tied up with the existing players. So the other thing that Telecom hasn't been able to capitalize on is the fact that they're not going to be able to say take over something like QuickFlix and already have a, a base to, to start off, they're going to be pretty much starting from scratch. And that content's not cheap and there's obviously agreements and, and 
periods of time that have to pass. So, yeah, interesting to see what the initial launch um, catalogue will be because my sort of feeling is it's not going to be very big because they're just everything's already tied up. And anything well, that if wasn't got, tied if up, if they've got a, if they've got a lot of money, then uh, you can you can buy some good stuff with money. And I don't think it's all about things that are tied up. If you if you've got enough money to sort of throw around, then deals can be uh, deals can be done. So I, I'm I'm pretty positive about this, and I think it's good for consumers. Um, yeah, having having another player in this space longer term. Yeah, I think it would be good to have some competition and. Uh, uh, you know, Netflix having had competition some in some markets and in the US from uh, Amazon, for instance, that sort of thing keep, helps keep them on their toes. And of course, they're competing against uh, traditional uh, services, and, and this will be competing uh, um, again against you know the likes of uh, Sky and um, their igloo, their igloo service as well, isn't it? Well, there's igloo. There's, I mean, everything. I guess the. the yeah, there are different uh, different consumers that'll pick on different things. I'm not a not currently a, a Sky subscriber, uh, but you know, primarily uh, Netflix and QuickFlix and uh, Amazon uh, for for content plus uh, plus you know, pay per view movies and, and so on. When you want uh, something that's a new release, mm-hmm. works out quite well. So looking forward to this coming. Um, it's still a little way off, but you will be able to get it through uh, through a web browser and I believe on um, um, on a number of tablets as well. So we will we'll wait and see exactly what that looks like. But yeah, I think this is uh, positive and, and it makes sense for telecom to be, you know, not just sitting back and being a traditional telco. Uh, they've got to have these other offerings to create a really sticky service with their customers. And I can imagine that they will do something similar to what we have from Vodafone at the moment where you get Vodafone, you get Vodafone TV. Um, that That's a nice sort of uh, package or, or uh, you get a discount on a Sky service and I imagine Telecom will have some sort of offering, but they are saying that they're going to make Show Me TV available broadly, so you don't have to be a Telecom customer to get it. Um, but you'd probably get, yeah, I assume get you're not some get benefit the, in getting it all. The zero-rated data would probably be the first thing I could think of that you're not going to be able to get if you're not a Telecom subscriber, because surely the other ISPs wouldn't. Well, they may, no, they may choose to zero-rate the data as well if it's just uh, if it's just local. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a possibility. But, yeah, you would imagine that would be just a given if you're going with telecom that you're not paying for the data to actually, uh, you know, stream that content, which, which you know, definitely has, has, has quite a bit of benefit to it. Uh, now, other news uh, this week, before we duck into all the exciting things from Mobile World Congress, which is, is going on in Barcelona right now, there's a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, WhatsApp acquired uh, acquired last week for, um, well, there was $16 billion in, uh, in, in cash and, uh, and, and stocks, uh, the total, and then there was, um, there was another... Um, uh, but on top, so added up to uh, about a nineteen billion dollar uh, ac- acquisition. There, some pretty big numbers for what started as a free messaging app, and now uh, you typically get uh, you can get billed a dollar a year for uh, uh, for using it. Uh, but they have in the range of uh, half a billion users. So, at a dollar per user per year, that's uh, that's half a billion in uh, in revenue. It's a ridiculous amount of anything, really, if you think about it, $16 billion. Um, I was actually having a chat to my better half yesterday because she was trying to sort of justify in her head why they'd spend that sort of money on WhatsApp. And I'm not an analyst, but my sort of take was a couple of viewpoints was, one, that um, had they not 
taken out WhatsApp, one of their competitors could have taken them out, which then makes it a lot harder to become a acquisition or to take them over. Plus, it, it gives an, a competitor a, a head start. Plus, I think Facebook want to look at moving more into the mobile network or that sort of mobile space with messaging. And what better way to do it than by taking out an already a big player? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of positives for anyone to acquire. It is interesting. It's a much bigger acquisition than, for instance, uh, and, and the Skype, acquisi- and oh, Skype acquisition. Instagram was a couple before of years that, ago. wasn't it? Was it after? Uh, and yeah, Instagram was in, in between there, and that was uh, you know that that was that that was small uh, in in comparison. So yeah, a fascinating uh, fascinating deal. I do have to. I had a bit of a laugh at one of the sites I was reading about the. Um, the acquisition and it said is WhatsApp worth $16 billion and it's like well that's actually a bit of a funny question because the value of something is what someone's prepared someone's to pay for someone's willing to pay for it and so Facebook it is. prepared to pay $16 billion, so that's what yeah. it's worth yeah yeah ab- absolutely and uh, yeah pretty uh, pretty impressive I mean they've got some some very big numbers in terms of the amount of messages being uh, being being sent uh, you know using it and it really is it's the new SMS in in many ways and owning that, I think, is is a pretty powerful thing from from all sorts of uh, directions. And in fact, they're saying that uh, yeah, now they they believe there are more uh, WhatsApp uh, messages being sent than than traditional text or SMS messages. So that gives you some idea on the scale of it. Now, a lot of us in New Zealand have scaled back and don't use WhatsApp like they used to because most of our phone plans now uh, give us virtually unlimited text messages, at least locally. Uh, but when you're communicating internationally, then uh, yeah, it's another reason to uh, to use to use WhatsApp. And there's talk that WhatsApp will be bringing in um, you know a, a broader capabilities around uh, voice and and uh, and and video going forward as well. So the fact that they're in that very very strong sort of leading position already, and then they had these other things on, they could really really own the space. And if Microsoft don't get it right with uh, the future of Skype. There is the potential for WhatsApp just to uh, come in and oh, sort of take that stuff by stealth because it it's very unique in the way that it's tied back to just your mobile number. So you don't need to know any any credentials to use it. You just you know do that authentication with you know you install the app. It sends a text message to confirm your number and away you go. Uh, there are some downsides to to doing that in terms of being able to use it on a on another device that doesn't have a SIM card. Um, but on your you know, on your phone, your primary communications device, it's just so dead easy to use. And well, it was uh, a good it was a good engineering idea from the get go. Instead of creating a nickname or a, a code or a, say a nickname like ICQ did in the, the very early days, by using a mobile number, you can install the app. Um, the app can then search through your phone by using that mobile number as a unique identifier. You can quickly find. Um, Anyone else that's got WhatsApp, that's your friend. And I think in part that had a good uh, good uh, portion of the success that Facebook has had. If you think about MySpace where they sort of had the, you create a username and then people would have to try and find you and, and work out, oh, hey, is that Paul Spain or is it someone different? By forcing everyone to use their real name, you could actually quite quickly and easily find the people that in real life you integrate with. And I remember when I first start, signed up to Facebook a long time ago, um, I thought, oh, this is a dangerous thing that you ha- you, ha- you have to use your real name. But now it seems such a a normal thing or a, a default thing you'd, you'd do. Yeah, that that's right. And I think there you you picked on something that is is an absolute key that it can go through all of your contacts 
and it just matches up by uh, by by phone number in a way away it goes. It's, um, uh, it's really easy. Is it something that you use often? WhatsApp? Uh, I haven't been using it for for a while actually. Um, partly because I'm always chopping and changing between phones, and you've got to reactivate it actually on your phone. It doesn't authenticate in the same way as as other apps. So you move the SIM around. Uh, you've got to reauthenticate the uh, the app. Uh, but yeah, particularly, you know, I've gone from iPhone 5 to 5S, uh, 5C, and then, you know, various Android phones and Windows phones and so on. And my primary number might be on one phone one week and then on another phone a couple of weeks later. Mm, uh, yeah. and so in that case, I'm probably a, a little bit unusual in, in how I use my, my phones. A normal user wouldn't have to keep going through, uh, that sort of process as they, uh, as they move around. Whereas all the other things, I just you know, I, I'll set the credentials once I activate that device, and they'll stay regardless of whether a SIM comes or goes, uh, etc. So there is probably a little bit of a downside to it in in those regards. Now, interestingly, Skype. Um, shortly after Microsoft had acquired them, they bought a group messaging uh, service called GroupMe. And, um, I mean, that, that one, I guess, had the focus of being more focused on, on groups rather than, uh, than the one to one type messaging that most of, most of our, you know, WhatsApp. text messaging and so on, um, does. But, mm. um, does yeah. WhatsApp support group message? I'm sure I've had a couple of groups. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can do group messages with it. But, I mean, most of us tend to send individual person to person messages and, uh, yeah, group me, although I think it probably can do, do, you yeah, know, work on a similar sort of basis. Uh, yeah, didn't really, didn't really move, uh, move along at that sort of, uh, same sort of, um, pace. So yeah, WhatsApp certainly was the one to acquire. And, uh, you know, well done to Facebook. They obviously could, um, well, they had the money to afford it, which is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. That's yeah. an incredibly large acquisition. And I think, and WhatsApp's been around for a long time because I even remember using them on my Nokia E71, which, Oh, I can't, I can't even think how many years ago that would have been. Um, back then, and I remember being amazed at the fact that I, and this was when mobile plans didn't have the unlimited text messages that they do now. And I remember being amazed that I was able to send these sort of free and inverted, um, and speech marks, sorry, um, text messages to friends. Yeah. And if and, you're both and, sitting in Wi Fi at the office, it doesn't really cost anyone anything. Mm, mm. And, and now Nokia are, are pushing, uh, WhatsApp down to their, um, yeah, their low, their lower end, uh, handsets. So, yeah, you don't need a, a, a full blown, uh, smartphone to actually be able to use, um, to use WhatsApp. So, uh, very smart. Yeah. 2009 was when they, uh, when, when they launched. And, uh, yeah, right across a, a pretty broad range of, uh, of, of devices, um, including that, uh, Nokia Asher, um, platform, which is, which is the, uh, low end one. I have to admit, I don't use, I used to use WhatsApp, but don't really use it now because I just thinking about it. I tend to favor the, um, messaging systems, which sort of feature a seamless transition between desktop or laptop and mobile. Like, uh, Google Hangouts is a, the classic example of the fact that I can, message someone and then jump on my laptop and continue that discussion as with facebook messaging i can continue discussion in facebook chat and then leave home and, and continue the, the chat over that and so thinking about it, i don't even use whatsapp so if i'd use google hangouts to communicate with staff we've got here and in australia and then we'd use facebook to communicate with so i, I don't think i actually mm, send any mm. text messages if i'm honest and you've got blackberry messenger as well yeah. of course um and iMessage. so there, there are a lot there are lots of other things out there but uh it still seems to be you know it seems to be growing at a, at a yeah pace that uh 
uh, beats everything else, uh, certainly in terms of the total numbers anyway. So, yeah, interesting stuff. And, uh, yeah, I th- imagine all those involved will be feeling rather uh, rather pleased with themselves. Um, well, 30, 32 engineers, it's pretty... Yeah, I think total of about 50 staff. And, uh, yeah, pretty, wow. Pretty cool. Uh, now... What we've also heard this week, which is quite interesting, just just in terms of uh, uh, some some uh, numbers, is according to a new uh, report, a study by um, Nelson, uh, they are finding across a number of countries, anyway, I think US, uh, UK, and uh, and Italy, that people are spending uh, more hours in total using their smartphones. Uh, on a monthly basis than what they are surfing the web from their computer. So it's not a direct comparison of web on the smartphone to web on your PC. That hasn't, you're not, on average, people aren't spending more time um, in the browser on their smartphone as opposed to the browser on their PC. But in total, the time they're spending on their smartphones across their browser and uh, YouTube and apps and so on, um, that's ahead. So it's uh, it's interesting to see that, that grow. Um, we've certainly heard... A lot of indications in the web world that hey, let's get let's you know people need to get their websites ready for the fact that uh, ultimately that mobile usage, including tablets, will uh, will overtake uh, usage from uh, from PCs and and laptops, and people need to have uh, responsive websites that are going to work well for uh, for both. I think people are taking this on board. For example. Um Whose site was I looking at the other day? Jcar was it Jcar was it JB Hi-Fi? One of the two. I noticed that they've got quite a nice mobile version of their site. And even to the fact that yesterday I was looking at getting the air conditioning in my car repaired and jumped on a, a random um, guy based out of Grey Lynn and his site had a, a nice mobile version. And, and I looked at the back and it is a WordPress site. So you do still get some of that stuff for free, which is quite nice. But yeah, it is a good thing that people... If you're looking for a service that your car breakdowns, breaks down or you're looking for something that needs to be repaired, you'll often grab your mobile and quickly search for it and then find a, a a supplier and it just makes it so much easier on mobile, especially when you don't have – you're not trying to browse a big desktop site that's optimized for a much, mass, a much bigger resolution on a really tiny screen. Absolutely. And uh, you'll find that with nztechpodcast.com. You can get it from any device. So Fair enough. There you go. Uh, we'll, we will have a new um, a new design coming up in a little while. Uh, now on to Mobile World Congress because that's where really the big the big news has has been in the last uh, last day or two. Uh, let's should we start with uh, should we start with Samsung? they <laughs> the topic I know lots about. I, I guess uh, you being a big big Samsung user yourself, Nate, and uh, you know the the biggest of the vendors really uh, in in terms of um, yeah probably importance at Mobile World Congress that most consumers have been been interested in. So uh, we've got had the announcement of the Galaxy S five, uh, the new Galaxy uh, Gear two and the Gear two uh, Neo being their, their smart watches and. Uh, the replacement for the previous Galaxy Gear, and uh, a new one from uh, from Samsung, which is the Galaxy Gear Fit, which is a, a fitness band. Uh, so it's a variation on the Galaxy Gear smartwatch uh, with a very funky uh, curved curved um, touch display. And the other thing um, that's across the board with with all of these from Samsung. Is they're they're moving to an IP67 uh, rating device, which I know is uh, probably doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, but that's the uh, 
the rating for their dust proof and water resi- or dust and water resistance uh, level, and uh, basically means uh, the yes, the you know one of the key features of the S five. Uh, is that it is dustproof and and waterproof to to a level, right? So it's not designed for you to take uh, swimming with you, but it can get up into uh, or it's certified for up to uh, going into a meter of water um, for up to half an hour, I believe, and being uh, being pretty resistant to, against dust and so on. So taking it to the beach and whatnot isn't uh, so much of a drama. And of course, it was Sony last year that really sort of set the standard with this with the um, Sony or Xperia that launched sort of close to a year ago, the Xperia Z. Uh, the Tablet Z, and then the Xperia uh, Z1, uh, and they've also uh, got that. They've also sort of refreshed that line with the Z2 and the uh, the Sony Xperia uh, Z uh, Tablet Z Z2 as well uh, that have been announced in conjunction with uh, Mobile World Congress. A um, couple of other features on the S5, Nate. You've you've been w- watching this. What's uh, what else is exciting you other than the the convenience of um, being being covered if you get a splash on your phone or uh, et cetera. Uh, the bigger screen, uh, well, slightly bigger screen. It's only screen. slightly, isn't it? It's gone up from 5 inches to 5.1. We've got the same resolution as in the Galaxy S4, that sort of full H, full HD resolution, which, 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 is, which the, is about One of right. the commentators I was reading was talking about, there's actually a, a higher def screen, but I didn't know, it didn't explain which model phone had that. Do you know... There, there is a screen that it was rumored might be in the Galaxy S5, uh, which bumps up the resolution, but, uh, they haven't chosen to go with that. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, not sure, um, not sure who else is sort of, yeah, jump, jumping into, uh, jumping into those, those higher definition, uh, screens. Um, the higher def, um, camera. I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, and so they moved to 16 megapixel, and there's a few sort of smart things about their uh, their their camera as well. They've gone into a um, well, they've got an HDR capability, which has been around in a lot of smartphones for a while. Uh, but they they've um, they've done some apparently done some smart stuff in terms of how that works because they've announced that uh, HDR, which is talks about high dynamic range, um, also works in in video. So we haven't seen uh, that option available uh, in a in a video uh, camera before, and so what that is designed to do is, let's say you've got you know a, a dark image, but there's a whole lot of sunlight behind, or it's really bright. Um, it's supposed to not sort of wash out that bright background, or if you can see what's in the background, it's not supposed to darken up what's in the foreground so much. Those those sorts of situations, it's supposed to uh, handle much better. Mm. Um, I've had a bit of a play around with um, with 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 the device this morning, with the camera and so on. Um, the 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 one I had was a sort of pre production unit, so uh, not all those capabilities are you know probably quite complete yet. But um, I think the, there'll be final software available. Very, very soon, uh, possibly as soon as uh, as soon as next week. Certainly, in terms of final hardware. Uh, so, what we had our hands on wasn't kind of the um, the absolute final, from what I believe. But um, nice to still have a have a play on announce day anyway. And great that there was um, actually equipment in in New Zealand. Um, and also the fingerprint scanner. I thought, I'd, yeah, because I was reading I was reading the analysis. I thought you slid your finger sort of left to right across the screen, but we were talking just before, it's sort of at the bottom of the screen you slide it off. Yeah, it? yeah. So there's a picture that comes up on the screen sort of point, pointing down that you just, you know, uh, suggesting the motion of your finger and you just roll your finger across the sensor. It's 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 actually pretty quick. Uh, I didn't really have a huge play around with, um, 
with with that. But uh, yeah, had a little little bit of a look at it, and yeah, I, I think um, it's 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 okay. Uh, it is a slightly different approach than what Apple have done, with you just put your finger on the on the button and it sort of scans it. But I don't think it's um, yeah. It's it's yeah really disappointing or anything from what I've seen so far, uh, but really I'm looking forward to getting you know more time to to hands on with it to actually compare. Uh, I mean, what Apple did to uh, to to sort of own that sort of fingerprint uh, scanning and and to get something unique is they bought the top company uh, that was doing that type of biometrics, and then uh, and that company you know in the past theirs was slide your finger over the sensor. And uh, they obviously managed to uh, to work it so you could just you know touch it and uh, and that is still definitely unique from uh, from Apple. But I think it still is a step up being able to roll your finger over rather than having to type your uh, you know pin numbers and, and things like that in from a security perspective. Um, and you can also use it. And they I think they had an example of uh, with PayPal and and so on. So there will be uh, yeah third party services going to be able to tie in and utilize this, which is is great. So the short answer is: uh, Would you buy this? And, and I know they haven't announced pricing yet, but if it was at a similar price point to the S4, yeah, I'd probably sell my S4 and go up to the S5. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty compelling, uh, you know, device when we when we look at uh, what it does. The the other feature, uh, which which people will have probably read about already, uh, is that it's got a um, a heart rate sensor in it now. Yep, that's not applicable to everyone, but certainly you know those that are. Uh, uh, need to monitor their heart rate for any sort of health reasons, then that's good. And uh, you know, in the in the fitness area, um, again, that that sort of thing comes in uh, comes in pretty handy. So, an all in one device that can um, that can that can do that is great. And then, of course, uh, there you know there there are the auxiliary devices that that help um, from that fitness perspective uh, in terms of the uh, the Galaxy Gear, the the, the smart watches, the Galaxy Gear Two. Uh, which comes with a two megapixel camera, and then you've got virtually identical to it is the Galaxy Gear Two Neo, which is basically the same but without uh, without a camera. And then you've got the Galaxy Gear uh, Fit, which is more of a fitness band, uh, w- which we've seen these these bands from uh, you know fr- from a number a number of um, uh, others like Fitbit uh, that have got the bands, but this one looks really like a step up. Uh, it's got a, a really nice uh, looking curved touch display from from the videos we've seen. Uh, we didn't have hands on with one of those today, and it's got uh, four gigs of uh, of storage in it, so you can download a whole lot of music into your fitness band as well. So it's taking on a little bit more of a capability than uh, than than what what we've certainly expected from those in the past. Do you need to have your phone with you when you've got the gear fit up? Uh, no, you don't. So that's one of the other things they've done is, uh, whereas in the past, uh, for instance, the Galaxy Gear was, you know, very much reliant on you having your uh, Galaxy Note 3 or whatever, uh, you know, phone. And there, there was a more limited range of phones that you could pair it with. Uh, the Galaxy Gear Fit is designed so that you can, you can go running, et cetera, uh, with just, just that on you. And that's why they've moved that, um, some storage in there, so you can have uh, have some music and so on. Mm. So yeah, interesting. Pretty, see if you, cool. I've just bought. So I'm get, trying to get into this whole fitness thing. I've bought a set of um, Plantronic Bluetooth headphones, which I use when I'm out and about. And it'd be interesting to see if the if my headphones could pair with that watch, because then that would be perfect. Because I really the one, that, and I know I could put my phone into flight mode. But one of the things I've noticed when when you've got your phone on you is that if you get a phone call, you're a, 
um, inclined to stop and answer it. And then if you stop for like a rest, you'll bring out your emails and sit there. So you, it becomes the most, the world's worst ultimate distraction, um, is the phone. So having a watch where you don't have all that sort of stuff and, and could have something like Spotify or some other app or just music on it would actually be quite cool. So yeah, yep. Uh, I'd be quite cool to have a bit of play and the stuff and how it's got a heart monitor and that sort of stuff. Mm, mm. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some real good innovation that's going on. These things that, uh, you know, we were thinking last year, oh, this would be a lot better with, with a heart rate monitor and so on are just being, you know, built in, uh, straight into the, the device. And, you know, we think of, uh, some of the, um, you know, smartwatch type, um, things that GPS, uh, watches. And that just didn't have that, and now here we are, not that far down the track, and uh, yeah, Samsung have uh, have have got these in, into their products. So yeah, I think these are going to be um, going to be much broader appeal. Certainly, this next generation of the um, Galaxy Gear uh, range will will be more uh, broad appeal, and also the fact that uh, you're not sort of locked down as you were with the previous um, Galaxy Gear and most other smartwatches in terms of what wristband that you could you or what strap you could have so you'll be able to chop and change uh these out and wear something that maybe suits your style a little bit uh, more rather than that being sort of uh, locked down as a as a um component that you couldn't change mm-hmm. now also announcements from uh, lg uh sony nokia uh microsoft uh huawei with uh with with devices and um uh, the software from from Microsoft on the Windows uh, 8, they've confirmed their uh, their Windows 8 uh, update. Uh, a lot of details around that, and also the uh, Windows Phone uh, 8.1. That got quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of um, well, they, they, they released a fair bit of information around that, and there's a lot more that's been coming to light. There've been some leaks and so on of of, of other information out of their software uh, software developers kit. Um, a couple of notable uh, notable manufacturers that are uh, that are now on board for uh, for Windows Phone, uh, LG, who I think produ- haven't didn't have a Windows Phone eight uh, device. They've said they're coming on board, and also uh, Lenovo, which is interesting, as one of the one of the uh, one of the biggest Android uh, manufacturers in the Chinese market, uh, coming on board with with Windows Phone. And of course, it's Lenovo that have just bought Motorola, so it's possible that we will see uh, Motorola with a, uh, a Windows Win- Windows Phone as well. Um, and of course, they they had you know Windows uh, based um, smartphones in, in years gone by. So yeah, quite fascinating. Um, there's a site uh, WP Central that has a lot of detail around uh, Windows Phone 8.1. So if you're a bit of a, a Windows Phone uh, fan or you've been considering it. Uh, they've got quite a bit of detail around this uh, Windows uh, Phone 8.1 version that's uh, that's due out in the in the next few months. Uh, a, yeah, a lot of detail on on uh, new features and uh, capabilities and, and and things that are uh, that are coming there. Uh, one of the bits that stood out to me is an improvement in the way that uh, um, data for apps is able to be stored and backed up. So at the moment, really, the iPhone, uh, in terms of in terms of simplicity from a backup perspective, is probably uh, rules the roost across the mobile operating systems. In some ways, I wouldn't say it ticks all the boxes because you, if you want it stored in the cloud, that can actually get pretty pricey for you on an annual basis. Uh, you can back it up through iTunes onto your onto your, your Mac or your or your PC. 
Um, sometimes that's that's problematic, so it's not always consistent. Um, Windows Phone has been quite nice in terms of what it pushes out to the cloud, and they don't they don't charge you a fee for that. Uh, Android, you've usually had to use third party tools to uh, to get a reasonable sort of backup. Uh, but it looks like they've, they've put some smarts here that uh, basically will allow app and game developers to uh, um, allow the the in, you know any of any of the local information uh, to be backed up into that uh, cloud backup. And of course, at the moment, there's already you know a, a whole lot that gets backed up in terms of the apps you use and uh, you know photos and videos that you take on your device usually get pushed straight up to the cloud uh, when you move on to a Wi-Fi connection, etc. So. Um, that's quite nice. Uh, of course, they've got the new notification uh, centre and and uh, quick access to um, yeah, a whole lot of things around you know Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and flight mode, being able to turn those on and off uh, easily as as we've seen on other platforms. Um, and they've moved to a new version of the IE browser, um, new YouTube uh, player. Bunch of other bits and pieces, but yeah, if you're if you're keen on that stuff, go in and have a look. Uh, and for those in in the business sort of enterprise space, uh, you know that are that are wanting to, uh, you know, you're involved in IT and wanting to uh, manage your uh, your organization's devices. There's a there's a whole uh, bunch of of uh, enterprise capabilities as well that's just going to be rolled out as part of that uh, Windows 8.1 update, which effectively will be going out to uh, will be available for for yeah every windows 8 handset on the market which is uh, which is certainly a nice thing um it's kind of embarrassing you know you're talking about the 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 way apple you you can have another phone and then just and you know, i've not actually ever had iphone but as i understand you can plug it into itunes or just sync it back up and all your apps and everything just you know flow effortlessly yeah down so onto when it, i moved from the iphone 5 to the 5s you know really nice experience in terms of just fire that up uh, log in and and recover down you know everything in terms of apps and app data and uh, and so on right right across to the phone from you know, from the cloud uh, you want to be on Wi-Fi to uh, to we need to be on Wi-Fi to uh, to do that uh, Windows Phone has a semi similar sort of capability but it just yeah it doesn't go to the same level and and I think these are just natural things that have to be uh, you know have to be looked after um to to make these these platforms work and 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 seamless for users but at the moment then then it's not perfect and even with apple sometimes the the those iCloud things don't recover properly or you've done a backup onto your machine and you know it it, it kind of breaks but um they're, so they're in my mind I should good. be able to get another android handset let's say if I've got my s4 grab another s4 pointed at some magical provisioning server and that knows the state my last phone was in let's say if it gets damaged beyond repair or it gets stolen so the fact where i can then just a bit like ghosting pcs where you could have a sort of a set image and then it just pushes to your phone you pretty much uh, back where you uh, were before something happened um and i know with my phone i run a variety of different apps to to keep the photos and, and sms and all sorts of other things backed up but it is really it would be nice if there was more of a Sort of stock app or something rather to yeah yeah no, it, it it's um I think it's something that as we rely more and more on these devices and we do more on them that uh, that really becomes uh, becomes quite essential so no it's good that Microsoft are uh, are pushing that along and uh, uh, yeah it just seems that you know they they're trying to do that in as many areas as as possible and this is a it's a pretty major update actually if you go in and. Uh, Read some of the material online about those uh, th- those capabilities. So, yeah, I think pretty pretty exciting for a lot of those users. Uh, 
and yeah, I'm sure it will it will help with the adoption of Windows Phone, which I think there were some some numbers uh, released in the last week saying that sort of year on year sales um, increase for Windows Phone was sort of up, uh, yeah. Ninety-five percent or something over the over the previous um, year. Oh. So yeah, they're they're, they're definitely growing, uh, but still very much a sort of a smaller player compared to uh, Android and and iOS and the and the bigger markets. And you know, unfortunately for Microsoft on the the market that matters most to them, the US, um, they're they're doing really poorly, and they're still sitting below you know well below I think the five percent. Uh, uh, threshold, which I'm, I'm sure must really frustrate them being a US business. Uh, but in a lot of the emerging markets and, and other countries such as Italy and so on, um, they, they're doing really strongly. I think that some of the, the numbers they released, they said in, in, uh, in 10 markets, uh, they're outselling the iPhone at the moment, oh. uh, with, with Windows phones. So yeah, it's quite, uh, quite fascinating, but this update will really put them in a very, very strong, uh, position. There's already been a number of areas where, you know, Windows Phone could say that, that, the, yeah, their capabilities were better than the other platforms. Uh, but I think this update, um, gives them a lot more of, of those sorts of things that they're going to be able to, um, uh, you know, tout as, as really, uh, standout fe- features. And um, we'll keep them pretty competitive. Now, um, Nokia um, is is probably the other big one. But before we dive into chat about them, uh, Sony. So they've announced uh, their Xperia uh, Z2 and the uh, the tablet Z2. Now, the, these uh, devices are pretty interesting. Uh, we, you know, we saw the Xperia uh, Z and then the Z1 get uh, get launched. Uh, last year and uh, quite unique sort of design wise these um the smartphone and the tablet and also being uh being waterproof uh so they've continued that on with the Z2 series in terms of uh both the tablet and uh and the smartphone uh and they've they've um they've kept them in a, a really sort of slim sleek uh Sleek design. Now, did you have have you had a look at um, the the tablet at all? I know you've seen the phone because we've often had it around the um, the office here, and I don't have it here at the moment. It's at home. Um, but did you, have you seen just how slim that is? I mean, it was always a it's a super Skinny super thing. sleek tablet. Yeah, and no, uh, I haven't. And they've sort of um, yeah they've sort of one upped it um, this time around, and uh, so they've got it. It's a, it's a ten point one inch. Um, tablet and uh, they've they've got it bumped up. It's got a Snapdragon 801 uh, processor running 2.3 gigahertz, so really really fast. Um, and Android, um, I think 4.4 X. I don't know what the final version will be. 4.42, um, similar to what we're seeing with the um, uh, yeah 4.42, uh, which is similar to what we're seeing in the Galaxy uh, S5. Um, but a, a pretty capable um, tablet overall, um, three three gigs of RAM, so uh, not a laggard at all in a in a performance perspective. Um, are you a fan of Android tablets? Because you're you're a big user of of your um, t- yeah, you know, well, Galaxy S four and and uh, Android smartphones generally. I had the Galaxy Tab, the first one, and. Yeah, and I was until I think I'm probably sitting now in the market of a, the phablet. So sitting and getting on something like a note, which can do both things. Biggest smartphone does everything. Yeah. Yeah. Really, if I'm honest. 
Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I I found I found the um the the tablet Z to be a, a really nice piece of kit, and this one being a um uh being a, a step up, six point uh, four millimeters in 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 thickness, uh, four hundred and twenty six grams. So it is really uh really thin and light. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to getting hands on this. Um, haven't haven't managed to do so yet, but uh yeah. Very, very nice for sort of, you know, watching movies and, and those sorts of things and, um, whatever else you want to do on your, um, you know, on, on that sort of type of, uh, um, tablet. Probably not so geared up like things like the Microsoft Surface for, uh, um, for putting content in that doesn't, you know, have, have the, the sort of ca- such, um, you know, capabilities in, in terms of keyboards and so on. Are you, um, um are you using a tablet at the moment? Um, I've actually been, been using the, um, been trying to get, get myself into these, um, the, the eight inch Windows tablets, um, is what I've been spending a lot of time on over the, over the past few weeks. I'm quite a fan of that sort of seven to eight inch form factor. And, uh, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of Android tablets in, in that, uh, in the sort of seven inch range, uh, iPad mini, which I really like. Um, but yeah, I'm actually quite enjoying what, um, what we've seen from Lenovo, um, Dell in the, um, in the eight inch Windows tablet space. And, and it's quite cool. The interesting thing is, is the sort of capability to be able to do more than you would with a, with a traditional tablet. Mm. Uh, and I'm sort of waiting on some of the new sort of professional tablets to come through that would, uh, allow that to, yeah, basically, uh, be a PC as well. If you want it to be, you hook it into a wireless keyboard and mouse and, uh, maybe a wireless, on the run. wireless, um, display into your monitor and then just do your usual tablet, tablet stuff when you want it to. So there isn't, um, yeah, we haven't, haven't seen so much capabilities, um, from the other vendors in those regards. So yeah, having a bit of a play around there. Um, so yeah, so that, that's, um, so yes, yeah, a bit of a step up there, uh, with the Sony Xperia RZ2, um, tablet. Um, but there's also the, um, the Xperia uh, Z Z2 um, smartphone. Now the tablet's definitely coming to New Zealand in April, um, as is all of the Galaxy, the Samsung Galaxy products we're expecting to uh, to, to launch here. I think as uh, April twelfth, April eleventh or twelfth, those yeah. um, th- those launch, uh, and they're talking about sort of a, those becoming broadly available, sort of uh, um, internationally. Uh, now looking at the Xperia Z2, yeah, that really comes down to, as all of these things do with smartphone releases, unless you're going to, uh, buy one from sort of parallel imported or, or through one of those parallel import channels, uh, you want to get it through sort of, uh, your, your usual sort of carrier channel, then that really comes down to, uh, to what they sign up for. And I don't think we've got, uh, you know, confirmation, uh, on that just yet, but, uh, we do know the, uh, the Xperia Z2, uh, is a bit of a, a bit of a step up in a number of, um, areas. Uh, it can shoot, um, 4K video, which is also something the, the Galaxy S5 can, uh, can do, or UHD video. Uh, and the Galaxy Note 3 does that actually today as well. So, um, that, that's one of the areas where it's, um, where it, it stepped up. And they're touting, um, some n- noise cancellation um, technology where, uh, you use a particular, uh, headset with the, uh, with the Z2 and, um, that will, that'll give you a, a really high degree of noise cancellation. If there's a lot of noise around you and so on, you put the, um, 
Um, you put those ear- earbuds in, and um, yeah, they they think that they can kill the large majority of the um, uh, of the noise. So yeah, nice. Um, and the screen is also bumped up slightly, five point two inches. So it's yeah, point one of an inch bigger than uh, than on the Galaxy um, the Galaxy S five. So yeah, it's I mean it's good good to see. Everyone's really jumping in and, and, and competing with um, in, in this area. Uh, now, also LG, they've, um, they've, they've come up with a new, well, phablet's the name we're using, isn't it? Yeah, crossover. It's not quite a phone. It's not quite a tablet. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we've got the new, um, the new LG uh, handset, which, which is um, the, um, the LG G Pro 2. So it looks like quite a, quite a nice handset. Uh, a lot of similarities to, um, the, the curved, uh, G Flex handset that was, uh, it's been shown off a bit over the last uh, few months. Um, hasn't become so widely available. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this, this looks like a, a, a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice, Handset and uh, yeah, it's good to see that LG is uh, uh, really starting to become quite competitive in their uh, in their devices as well. Is it the LG that's got the um, volume rocker on the back, just under the? Yeah, yeah. So the um, the LG, in fact, uh, there's one floating around here uh, somewhere. Um, yeah. So on on the back, you've got a little a little button and a volume or scroll, you know, and scrolling sort of capability. Uh, just putting your your finger under the uh, under the camera where that's controlled from. Uh, similar positioning to where the um, the Galaxy S five has its um, has its heart rate monitor. You put your hand just your your finger just there on the back, and uh, it um, looks into your blood and uh, figures out your uh, your heart rate. Uh, so now looking at um, looking at Nokia, really they're. Um, They've kind of stirred things up a little bit. They were they were the Windows Phone guys, uh, and uh, you know they'd signed their big deal with Microsoft, and of course Microsoft are in the process of acquiring them. That should uh, that that should uh, finalise shortly. Uh, but uh, Nokia are, are, um, you know have announced that their uh, new lower end smartphones that uh, are basically Android based. They've taken the Android operating system and sort of. Adjusted it or, or forked as um, as it, as it's often uh, referred to, and these are these are really um, are quite unusual in the Android world, and and that they've sort of changed the user interface to, in many ways, re- reflect uh, back on what Windows Phone does. And they're going to be pretty, um, pretty low cost devices. So we're, we're talking, uh, some of the numbers we've seen, uh, 89 euros and 99 euros for, uh, for the Nokia X and the X Plus, um, which, which, you know, we're talking well under 200 New Zealand dollars, uh, for reasonably, uh, reasonably capable, uh, little, uh, yeah, basic, basic handsets. Uh, you know, we, we're uh, talking, um, you know, non-HD resolution uh, four-inch uh, screens and um, storage, I think, uh, included four gig uh, micro SD card and just three megapixel uh, camera, but a sort of price point that will, you know, real entry-level type price point where they can probably sell a whole lot of devices 
uh, at a slightly lower price point than they would with their base level uh, Windows phones. But the unique thing is that they're bundling these in with sort of Microsoft services like uh, SkyDrive and Outlook.com, uh, Bing and, and, and so on. So it's kind of the Android world, uh, micro, in, in a, in a sort of Microsoft flavor of it. Um, what's, what's your thought on, uh, on these, Nate? Does it make sense for, uh, for, for Nokia to be doing this? And do you think Microsoft will, will continue it once the, uh, the acquisition of the handset division of Nokia sort of is, uh, is finalized? I don't know. I think Nokia's really going back to their roots because they were always the, they always had the really robust phones. I remember the first Nokia I ever had, and it could only just barely text message on it. But that was their sort of market, was the cheaper um, phone that they could pump out millions of these things all, all over the place. And I think Android, I have no idea what the licensing is on Windows, but I'm sure that Android doesn't have that sort of licensing stuff. So I can see why they've gone with the Android um, operating system. But it also, I think there's two quite distinct markets. So you, and they've left a big enough gap between the two. So you've got your very high end window, Windows phone, um, which is Nokia's targeting. And then also these, these new models, the, the, the X, um, range. So I, I think they're going, they're sort of putting, you know, bets on, on both sides. And then they'll, they'll, they'll run with whatever really makes them the money, I, th- I suppose. Yeah. And they've also, um, as well as the X and the X plus, they've got the XL. Uh, which bumps up to a um, a five inch uh, screen as well, and that's I mean there's only a ten euro difference, so you know eighty nine for the the X, uh, ninety nine for the X plus, and hundred nine euros for uh, for for the for the XL. Uh, so yeah, they're, and they're they're designed more for the emerging market, so these aren't going to be released in. Uh, uh, in the US, for instance, and you know there, there are only a limited range of um, um, of markets where these things are going to um, um, are going to land. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a way to pick them up. Uh, yeah, in New Zealand through the various parallel channels and so on. I mean, if we look at that the top one, the one with a five inch screen, uh, that would come in at. Um, you know, a, a direct conversion of that 109 euros is about 180 New Zealand dollars uh, at the moment. Add on some GST, about a 200 dollar, uh, you know, 200 bucks for a um, a smartphone with a five inch screen. It'd be reasonably unique in the in, in the market at that sort of price point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, fascinating um, in terms of whether Microsoft will keep this going. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. My 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 pick is that they uh, they probably would. But, um, you know, because they're still going to be under the same, uh, they're under the same, uh, leader. Stephen Elop is going to be, uh, managing this division of Microsoft when he moves across, uh, and, uh, taking under his wing also things like the Surface products. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it doesn't fit with their vision, but, uh, that's something we'll, we'll, uh, we'll certainly find out, uh, in the not, in the not too distant future. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, that probably just about wraps up, uh, wraps up our episode. We're sort of, uh, quickly running out of time. Um, there's also quite a bit of info out now on that, um, that, that, and it's been made official as this upcoming update to, uh, to Windows, uh, Windows, Windows 8. And, uh, really it's, uh, the, you know, the main things we're hearing, it's about making Windows 8 more palatable, really, uh, to users who are using a keyboard and mouse, which is still a large majority of the user base. And, uh, Microsoft have the, the situation where, 
a lot of you know business users and so on just prefer to use Windows Seven than than Windows Eight um, because it's it's leaned so heavily in that touch direction. Me included. I've got I had Windows Eight on my Elite Book and had I bought it specifically because it had the downgrade downgrade rights. Yeah. And I'm running Windows Seven and yeah, Windows Eight's just as and this isn't a touch screen, it's just not appealing. Mm. Whereas it's got those things like the you know virtually instant boot and all of those sort of niceties, but if it doesn't do or it doesn't operate in a way that you're sort of comfortable with, then um there there's that yeah. attraction to actually uh downgrade. I mean it's not not certainly not an issue I've had and there are there are I mean they've sold two hundred million uh Windows eight licenses, but as you say, some of those users are uh like yourself are, d- are downgrading. Um you know, I think there is a portion that have just got used to it and once you sort of get get used to it it's not a it's not a big deal. But um by making some of these changes that will just uh uh make it feel more like Windows Windows seven for uh for keyboard and mouse users, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. So um, I don't think so. This will do them any harm. It's it's uh, it's actually good to see Microsoft starting to iterate so quickly because it has only just been uh, you know it was just late last year that uh, um, yeah that they had their um, um, the eight point one update come out and uh, that took them twelve months and here we are you know probably less than six months on or around six months on and we'll see this next iteration. Uh, so we really are seeing that sort of cycle. Um, really increased, which, you know, considering how long it was between Windows XP and, uh, Windows, uh, Vista, which, which itself was a poor release. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and tip. then, and then another, uh, whatever it was about three years on from, from there to, uh, um, to, to, uh, Windows 7. Uh, you know, this is good seeing this sort of acceleration and it's a, it's a reflection, I think, of the competition that we now have in the market that, uh, no one within, within the, uh, within the technology industry can really sit on their laurels. Uh, they've got to keep innovating and, and innovating quickly. Um, I guess it's a similar thing with the uh, Galaxy S5, isn't it? It's, it's quite a, quite a fast release cycle. It's certainly, um, cause, cause don't Samsung aim to release a new phone? Is it once every 12 months, once every 18 months is sort of there. They're going for sort of not the big change in phones, but they're going for sort of smaller improvements, but releasing quicker over time. Um, I, yeah, I th- well, yeah, there's certainly, there's certainly been, uh, been, been an increase in the, uh, in the release sort of in the release cycle, and of course uh, Samsung, because the yeah the S the Galaxy S sort of series is is their uh, is their their flagship, but of course they've got the Note uh, series as well that sort of sit um, uh, sit in between. I think this announcement yeah is a little bit of an acceleration. Uh, last year the um, the the Galaxy S four was unveiled uh, March fourteenth. Um, at, in New in New York, and then became available from the end of end of April. So this is a bit of an acceleration, not a huge one, but it, it's a little bit less than a year from the previous announcement. And I think uh, between the S three and the S four, um, yeah, we're we're definitely seeing a, a sort of a shortening in that uh, in in those cycles. Um, I do think that this update from the S four to the S five is a bigger a bigger leap in many ways from what we saw between the S3 and the S4, um, but I guess it depends on on you know which features sort of push your buttons really, um, whether whether you feel that's the case or not. But 
Yeah, I have to. I, when I, I think we're going to sell a good number of these. When I jump from the S3 to the S4 with all the the features like the hover and the eye tracking and all that sort of stuff, I've since turned all that off because the battery life just goes through the floor. That's one of the things on the S5 we didn't talk about. This the battery is twenty percent bigger, I think. Yeah, they're. Uh, I think they're stepping up to a twenty eight hundred uh, milliamp hour battery. If I've if I've got my numbers, uh, if I've got my numbers right there, um, that was certainly the number that somebody from uh, from S- Samsung. Uh, mentioned to me so yeah I mean a, a bigger bigger battery definitely helps and for me that's one of the things yeah 2800 uh, uh, milliamp hour uh, removable battery so that is one of the one of the standout uh, things from Samsung is they tend to have a slightly larger battery than than most of the other vendors and yeah w- with all the things that we do on our smartphones now uh, that that certainly helps, and we're really starting to, um, yeah, move on from from the days where you get to uh, four o'clock in the afternoon and your Android phone would be uh, would be completely uh, flat. So, um, and these bigger batteries are, are part of it, and software improvements are others. They've also done some smart stuff in their software in terms of uh, um, giving you extended battery life, uh, so you can sort of. You can dial it, dial it down if your battery's getting low to stretch it out. And Windows Phone has some really nice, smart things around that built in um, that start turning off certain sort of you know, features, push email and so on in the background uh, to to extend the battery life. And uh, yeah, it's good to see Samsung uh, um, jump jumping in there as well because there are situations where that's uh, that's pretty handy. So. Hmm. All right, well, that, that wraps us up for this time around. Nate, uh, where's the best place to track you down online? Uh, on Twitter, I'm just uh, at Nate. Um, and I actually haven't blogged for ages, so I should really stop pushing my blog, and I've just been too busy. But I blog on Geekzone, or you can get there by going natedunn.com. goes to the same place. So, yeah, that's me. Twitter's probably the best way. Excellent, on. excellent. Well, I'm easy to be tracked down on Twitter, at Paul Spain, and around the various social networks. Um, now, before I mention uh, how to track down the NZ Tech podcast, um, I should mention our new podcast launching uh, this week, which is the New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Uh, that's being hosted by Wal Reed, who was on one of our uh, one of the recent NZ Tech podcast episodes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in keeping up with the play on the latest movies, TV, music, and various other entertainment things, we'll be covering apps and and how to. Um, you know, stream content, all those sorts of things. Um, broad entertainment, uh, subjects are going to be covered on the NZ Entertainment Podcast. Um, then jump along to, uh, nzentertainmentpodcast.com and, uh, and you'll find some, some bits and pieces starting to appear there over the, over the next day or two. And, uh, and we'll end up on, uh, on iTunes and the various other, uh, yeah, podcast, uh, locations as well in the coming days. So well worth, um, Worth checking out if you're after some more good, uh, good local uh, podcast to to listen to. Um, but yeah, that that wraps us up. You can find us online nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter and uh, and Facebook on the like as well. So we 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 like to be liked on those locations. And in fact, that's really why we you know why we keep going is with people spreading the word about uh, about the podcast. So if you like the NZ Tech Podcast or the NZ Entertainment Podcast or you listen into the NZ Business Podcast, any of our podcasts, then um, really appreciate it if you can uh, um, share those a little bit around on on social media and uh, and and let it be known. Uh, that we're out there because there's, uh, believe it or not, still a few people that uh, don't know. So, uh, yeah, much appreciated. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. See ya.